the Comedy Zone podcast is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Now offering video visits so you can take control of your orthopedic care from the comfort of your home. Schedule online at orthocarolina.com. Ortho Carolina, you improved. From Charlotte, North Carolina, this is the Comedy Zone Podcast. Find us on Twitter at the CZ Podcast. Email us at ComedyZonePodcast at gmail.com. Now, your hosts, Will Jacobs and Jason Allen King. Welcome to the Comedy Zone Podcast. Right back at you like we do it every week. I got myself, my partners in crime, Brian Baltashev, Jason Allen King. Fellas, how we doing? What is up, buddy? I'm very excited to be here. I'm high energy tonight. This is going to be fun. Lucky you are able to be high energy. I cannot because Brian has told me that my microphone does not support <laughs> high energy for me. Uh, apparently, my thing, my microphone that I'm using has some kind of thing where uh, if I get too loud, my voice just goes out. <laughs> it's so, like a governor on a, on a cart, on a golf cart. Yeah, so so loud before. So y'all be listening and think something happened to me, like I got too excited this time. That's not it. It's my microphone. If I make too much noise, apparently it just goes out. Or at least that's what Brian and Jason are telling me to get me to just not be so damn loud. I because you could do that, and I don't have the tech savvy to know that you're doing that to me. That's yeah. Actually, Brian and I had a conversation. It was like, you know, when he gets like that, you just cut that shit out because it is it's a lot. I don't know. We didn't say anything derogatory. We just said it's a lot, you know. That 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 would have been the whitest thing the two of you have ever done. But that's saying something. So, but but uh, so I, so I, so how are y'all week? How's everybody's weeks going? Anything new? Anything catches up on? I usually jump on Brian. Tell us about your week. You doing all right? Yeah, I'm doing great. You know, it's, it's, I hesitate to, you know, I hesitate to tell folks this out loud, but people keep telling me to embrace it. This whole pandemic thing's working out pretty well for me. I'm not going to lie. You son of a bitch. (laughs) You son of a bitch. Kidding. I'm kidding. That's awesome, man. Good for you. (laughs) There are positive things that'll come from this. I'm glad it's happening to you. You're a good person. Well, thanks. Yeah, there's just little, you know, I mean, where where everybody, you know, fortunately is uh, healthy and, and, you know, uh, we're, you know, we're doing all the things that, you know, we're kind of supposed to do to avoid, you know, getting, we, you know, leave the house as little as possible. We, we, you know, we're wiping down our groceries when we have groceries delivered, just stuff that, you know, and I know that, you know, everybody, you know, obviously can say this. And of course I'm, you know, concerned about everybody's well being. but yeah, I, I literally have zero complaints. That was a little insincere, that last part, but I'm glad. I'm glad you're doing all right. <laughs> Where I said, this is the best. This is my golden age. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 this is this is my time. This is what this is. You know what? You deserve a time, even if it's got to be during hell on earth. <laughs> We're all living in a dystopia. Ryan's over there in Utopia. What, how the hell did that happen? I don't know. All it took That's was a pandemic for this man done. to realize his dreams. 
<laughs> Capitalizing on the the pain and suffering of others, Brian. I'm proud of you. Buddy. Good job. Thanks, very, very American it. of you. I appreciate it. <laughs> you know what they say? What's the point in pain and suffering if you can't figure out a way to benefit you? So that um, exactly right. That's that's what that's what 19 years of experience is all I can say about it. 19 years, baby. That's right. It's finally paid off. So, 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 uh, for those of us living in the real world where things go bad sometimes, um, for me, my cat decided to run away. Uh, wow. Things yeah. are bad in the Jacobs household. Holy shit. Things, things got a little, little tenuous. Uh, Reggie, a lot of people know Reggie from, I talk about him on stage. I've talked about him on the podcast. You've probably heard him one or two times. Uh, Reggie for some reason decided to, he had been trying to get out the house. Like, you know how you, Brian, you, you have cats, you, you open the screen door and one of them tries to run out or stuff like that. And we don't really let them do that um, around here. We don't, we're not the folks that just let the cat go down the block and around and do whatever they want or hang out in the yard and then come back in. We just don't let them out like that. So Reggie had been trying to get out. So I knew he wanted out. He's wanted out for some time, like to the point where you go to shut the door and you got to not shut it all the way because he got his little neck stuck in there because uh, he's trying to run out. Like, and it's and it's even changed the way we walk in the house. Like now there's this like pigeon-toed, bow-legged kind of thing we got to do where we cock our feet out to the side like a hockey goalie and just scoot in the house so Reggie can't run past us. Um <laughs> So we had to totally change how we do everything. You walk in the house and look directly at the floor to make sure Reggie's not running past you. Uh, so he, so he's gotten out a couple times, but we get him when he gets in the front yard, get him back in. But he's tried to, my point I'm making is that he has been trying to get out. So uh, maybe, maybe about three or four, three or four days ago, uh, my wife goes, uh, babe, have you, uh, she said, I, I haven't seen Reggie and I'm worried. And I never worry about the cats. Like, I just, I don't, I, I just don't like, if I don't see them for a few days, I figure they just had something they were busy doing for a few days. I don't keep up like that, but my, but my wife does. And, uh, those, those are her you babies. Don't, yeah, you, don't understand. <laughs> you don't understand how pets work is what you're saying. You don't, you said, you said what? <laughs> You don't understand how pets work. <laughs> no, nah, I just know. How to, I just know how to pay for them. That's 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 yeah, where they're, they're what work, I know though. stops. <laughs> yeah, that's why I got they're friends like Brian and a wife. You said what? Right. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. That's that's why I keep cat lovers around me because I don't I don't know yeah. about that stuff and and I have no interest in knowing about that stuff. Uh, I just, just you know like like it was like my dad told me one time. I was like, you don't know how to change a tire? He said, you think I make all this damn money to be knowing how to change a tire? He said, you spend, <laughs> he said, you spend the money. That's what keeps the economy going. <laughs> I said, oh, okay. So, man, I just need to have enough to pay for the cats. I don't need to know cat shit. So uh, that's kind of just the way I've done it. My wife's the opposite. She knows everything about them. Uh, she knows their moods and all that. So she was very, she was on it. When Reggie was gone, she knew it. So I now I'm like doing like detective work, like looking through the litter, looking at the litter, like, okay, you know, how much did they poop? Was he here recently? It, it's become this whole thing, right? Wow. So my wife is upset. My wife's like, like, 
you could tell like she was walking upstairs, but I'm like, she's going to cry when she get upstairs. Like I could already see it was starting to build up. So I was going to follow her because natural instinct as the husband is to, is to try and go comfort your wife. But I said, uh, nah, we don't need, we don't need two upset people. Uh, so I said, let me, let me go outside <laughs> and look at the sun and drink some coffee <laughs> and maybe, maybe something will come to me. <laughs> that's, oh, mind yeah. you, that's how I, my day job and my legal practice. I just, sometimes I just say, I don't fucking know. I'm going to go drink some coffee and see if something comes to me. Oh my God. Cause at this point, we two weeks away from the baby getting here. I'm absolutely slammed at work unbelievable it's like it's like they knew i was having a baby um and and the crazy thing about work is my pto i haven't been at the spot i'm at for long enough to qualify to get my uh, weeks of pto so they don't start until october well the baby gets here early august so i'm gonna have all of august and september with no days off during the week with a newborn and another three-year-old uh so yeah and and trying to tell a few jokes and do a podcast uh so it's gonna be a lot right it's gonna be a lot yeah so so just it's just crazy so this was not the time for one of the cats to decide to run away is the point i'm making okay (laughs) so uh, so i i went and uh i drove around uh you know like i said i I looked for him i sat outside with my coffee i said what i'm what am i gonna do so then I started kind of doing some research and I and I saw some stuff on cats and they said that there's different kinds of cats, right? Like they said that if you have a cat that is more people friendly, comes around when company's over and stuff, the, the more exploratory kind of cat, um, you know, to explore, they're likely to leave the house and then go far. But they, you know, a lot of cats have the homing mechanism so they know where home is. Uh, but when they're indoor cats, sometimes that's like uh, not as strong in them because they've been indoors so long. So uh, Toby's the explorer. So if he had left, he could have been in Gastonia if it would have been Toby. But <laughs> Reggie, I knew probably hadn't gone far because, Brian, you know, Reggie's the timid one. You you might right, not see right. Reggie. Right. So, yeah. The, uh, the last time that we uh, we came and sat for him, I don't think we saw him at all. The entire couple, two, three times that we went in. No, that's that's I mean, yeah, Brian's been like cat sitted for us uh, when we left town, which is why I'm so happy for his success. That's the time. That is that's a lot of it. Uh, but 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 anyway, so so finally, uh, my, my wife's upstairs. She's upset. I'm downstairs trying to figure out what to do. So I said, well, Reggie's kind of a timid cat. I was reading that those cats usually go outside. Something scares them and they hide close to the home. So, so they said with cats, a lot of times you should check the neighbor's yards and ask them if you could take a look and see if they're hiding anything. But I wasn't going to do all that. I just was not. I was not going door to door like a Jehovah's Witness to see if uh, to see if my cat was in their backyard. I'm like, you know what? He just lives somewhere else then because I'm not I, I'm not doing that. Not with all the shit I just told you guys. You're like, so, uh, I'm I'm a bad parent. Can you help me find my furry child? <laughs> Listen, I, that cat been wanted out. Okay, like he been wanted out, and that's what I. That's what. So anyway, okay. So I'm drinking the coffee. I come back in. I do all this research. I tell my wife, listen, there's a good chance that he hasn't gone that far. We know how Reggie is. I've been doing some research. Timid cats, they stay near the home. They hide under something. We should be okay. Well, for my wife, you know, I'm her husband telling her that. 
so she probably thought I was wrong off the jump. Yeah, yep. Uh, but but I, I it was up to me to try. So I said that, and um, then we didn't see we we just kind of she sat out in the backyard all day long. My wife sat out in the back in a chair in the middle of the yard, literally all day waiting for this cat to come home. And I said, that's some of the pregnancy hormones and all that stuff. I said, we're going to have to yeah. find this damn cat. So uh, that's, a good lady. that's a good lady right there, man. Dude, well, how, how about this, bro? I don't even know the, joke. That's good. Let me tell you how this, this motherfucker Reggie is, okay? Because <laughs> Oh, shit. The tone of this story. <laughs> I'm going to just tell you for a second why this guy pisses me off, man, because it's like when we had the first baby is when he broke his jaw. Right, right. <laughs> he waits. He waits until we got something else pulling at our time and resources to do yeah. some fuck shit, like break a jaw or run and hot and do and run out. Reggie so, loves that drama. Reggie just oh, he's oof, oh. So, uh, R- Reggie, uh, my wife's upset. Day goes by. We don't. We don't uh, hear from him. We don't see anything. Now the other cat's upset. Uh, he's like, <laughs> now he's a damn mess. But see, Toby's funny because Toby's like, Toby's a, they call him a Maine Coon cat. He's like big as a tiger. They oh call him God. Maine Coons. If you look him up, that he's big, big cats. Um, Gorgeous. Yeah, they're huge. They look like a person dressed up as a cat. I say that all the time. So, so <laughs> he's big as hell. So he's so he don't, but he don't meow. He was like, if Biggie Smalls was a cat, that's how my cat meows. So it's real guttural, right? So most cats be like, yeah, yeah. He told me was like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> too much. I don't know. I said, you sad, chubby cat. So, so he just, it's like he's got Flynn in his meow. Oh my god! I was like, "What are you doing?" Because <laughs> shake your throat. But um, anyway, so he was upset. He's doing the Chewbacca. My wife's upset, uh, and I'm just I, I'm I'm glad I already cut my hair bald because I'd have pulled my hair out. Uh, so finally, maybe a day goes by. Next day, I hear my I'm up doing some kind of work. And uh, I hear my wife yelling. Uh, she goes, uh, babe, babe, uh, I hear Reggie. I hear Reggie. And I said, oh, God, I hope she ain't like one of these women that, that lose the child and then they hear him. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 listen, I love my wife, man, but she had just spent all day sitting in the yard. I'm worried about her mental state at this point. Yeah. So, so she was like, is she hearing this motherfucker now? Like, is that another thing I got to deal with? My wife is hearing cats. So, 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 but I would tell you one thing about this experience, though, because, uh, well, I'll tell you that after I tell you what happened. So, uh, finally, she tells me, hey, I think I hear Reggie. Turns out she did. Reggie was under the deck right as soon as you walk out our back door. Wow. So he was next to the house. So we, we went through all of this in the house, and he was right on the back of the house. Wait, how long was he gone? About a day. <laughs> this fool, this fool went out and sat under the deck <laughs> for, yeah. for a day, I, I guess. I don't know. Maybe he went out and, you know, the grass is greener, you know. And he said, I, you know, I'm tired of this. 
I don't want to be here no more. And then he went outside and saw that they don't drop food down at uh, 5 and 12 o'clock. And then he said, well, shit, maybe I, <laughs> maybe I need to just hang out here and wait for one of them to come get me. I don't know what his thought process was. But you, uh, you guys, did you guys give him the treatment where it's like you, you know, you love, you love Reggie, and it's like, oh man, I, I hope Reggie's okay. And then we see Reggie's right there, and you're like, get your ass in the house. <laughs> <laughs> Make me worry about your ass. That's how I do it. You know, the dog runs. Dog runs. Like, oh my god, are you okay? Get your ass in the goddamn house. Little- Shit all over everything. I'm so mad. The dog like running under the bed. Like, yeah, it. yeah. You know, so and then once you get them, you know they're safe. You're like, you little asshole. You made me feel. <laughs> and I, and I'm looking at him like, do you see what you had, my wife, uh, going through? Because honestly, Jason, here's the part about it. Uh, well, uh, anyway, uh, let me just, uh, cause I keep forget- forgetting to finish the story. So <laughs> she, uh, she says, I hear him. I come out there. He's under the deck. Now we got a b- pretty sizable deck, so I can't just reach and grab it. So he's back, back, you, Will. back far. <laughs> you see, he's back far. Right. So yeah. I have my wife, uh, start spraying water on top of the deck and I know that they don't like that dripping on them. So, so, <laughs> so I say, get right there. And then I'll point up and she'll say, come closer. And then she'll move and slowly inch him like walking a, walking a queen in chess or walking a king in chess. Uh, we're just walking him, walking him. Got the two rooks walking him, walking him. So we get it. We, uh, we finally get him close to me. And then now, because we had to spray water, it's all this mud. So now the shit looks like something off like rescue me or something. Cause I'm laying under the deck now. It's like true hero shit. I'm laying under the deck. I wish I'd had a camera watching this. I lay under the deck. I'm pulling him out through all this mud, and he's scared and doesn't know anything. He just knows he trusts me. And I'm pulling him out, and then he sees my son, who he really don't fool with, so he's kind of easing back a little. But I, <laughs> but I pulled him all the way out, got him, and uh, got him in the house. He was a muddy mess. And, uh, yeah, that was so my wife was so relieved. Happy to have him back. Mixed emotions for me. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was it was mixed emotions because, you know, Reggie, I mean, this joker comes in my knocking on my bedroom door at 530 every morning to eat. He don't eat till seven. He starts knocking at 530. So, you know, I'm like a couple of days without that wouldn't have been terrible. Um you know, a couple other things. His food's expensive. Um, you know, cutting down to one cat with it. So it's just some of the things I'm thinking about uh, is all I'm saying. Dude, that is some cold shit you're talking about. Right well, here, here, here's, the, here's the part I felt a little bit messed up about, but I can't help it. Jason, I know you can relate to this. Brian, you too. Yeah. There's the person in you and then there's the comedian in you, right? <laughs> so when my wife first told me what had happened, the the person the husband all that felt terrible because I saw I was hitting her primarily I felt bad and worried too because I don't want nothing to happen to him I yeah I love the cat too uh, that was the person in me but the comedian in me was like this guy's been planning this escape 
for months. <laughs> yeah, right. And I'm like, what kind of feline Shawshank redemption shit did this cat pull off? Because I'm telling you, we had routines in place to guard against this. Like, yeah. I, like we would walk, like I told you, we did the, the like we got off a horse to walk in the door. We would constantly watch the screen. Oh, yeah. Only time the even screen was open. So Reggie had opened the screen himself and walked out like a person. Uh, so we've been watching the screen, always checking it. So now I'm picturing Reggie like my man from Shawshank, Tim Robbins, watching my habits, timing what I do, you know? Yep. So this cat's, this cat's been watching me for months like, okay, <laughs> I know at 7.30 he smokes a bowl and fries bacon. So it has a 10-minute <laughs> window. <laughs> and, I know, and I believe he told Toby, but Toby was like, look, man, they feed us. Uh, you know, I, I got a good life here. I don't need to see any reason to go rolling the fucking dice. So Reggie's trying to tell him, look, you can come too. He's like, I think you're on your own on this one. And I think Toby might have known Reggie was under that deck the whole time. That's why he was yelling. Ooh, he was doing, he's like, motherfucker, he's right there. Like, he's right. I'm, I'm reaching out to show you where he is. I thought you know he just- what I know about about Toby. Toby's like you won't do it. You won't do it. I don't think you can do it. I don't think you. Do, I don't think you will. Second of mine. Yeah. Reggie's like I, I, I got this. Toby's like, nah, you're kind of you're kind of a, of a wimp. I don't right? Because he, he's timid, and Reggie wanted to show him I ain't no bitch. So That's right. Uh, so he ran away, <laughs> and then he hid, he hid at the back of the house. Uh, so he, he didn't run away exactly. Yeah, he didn't quite run away. He planned yeah. an escape. Has he has he has he escaped before, like for an extended period of time? Nah, never for an extended period of time. He's gotten out, and every time he's gotten out, he ran past one of us. So we walking walking him and getting him from the side of the house or something. Usually, yeah. I wonder if he was like so anxious to get out of the house, and then got out of the house, and then didn't know what to do. I think that's exactly what happened. Yeah, he he got out of there, which is a lesson, honestly. I've got a wife. I've got a son. Uh, That's a lesson for everyone in the house, okay? A lot of times it seems like the damn grass is always greener. Everybody want out. Well, okay, here's what out look like. So one one (laughs) – Yeah. One thing in this house got to say – One one person in this house got to find that out or one – the animal anyway. And it's like you got a kid, you got another one on the way, which we're we're gonna talk about. You got two cats, and I'm over here just really appreciating a lot of the decisions I've made in my life. <laughs> well that's listen, man. I I nothing you can say about that. But it was I, it it was a teachable moment. You know, I got to grab my son by the collar and say, Look, you see what happens when you want out? And you want to run away, you end up cold and wet under a deck. So <laughs> that's how that shit is, bro. So I think, my, I think, yeah, I think my son now, he, we don't have to worry about him running away. That's smart. See, yeah, you're right. Teachable moments, they're very powerful. Oh, you, and and we, a good dad knows where they're at. anyway uh that's (laughs) let's cut it here and uh we got other uh probably more important things to talk about uh but reggie's back everybody so that's good news uh yeah we're very glad to hear that heck yeah yeah there we go so uh y'all celebrate pop some champagne and we'll be back in a minute (laughs) 
How long do runners need to stretch before hitting the road? This is a 60-second training tip powered by Ortho Carolina. Stretching muscles while the body is at rest can lengthen muscles and help runners improve performance, reduce injuries, and recover from a tough run faster. But how long should a good stretch last? The simple answer is 30 seconds. This allows your cold muscles to relax and be ready for work. Taking the time to stretch properly is critical, especially if you're coming back from an injury. Something to note though, stretching a muscle group for longer than 30 seconds can actually decrease your speed and hurt your performance. In addition to a good pre-run stretch, spend some time after your run and stretch the same muscle groups for 30 seconds as well. This has been your 60-second training tip powered by Ortho Carolina, official team physicians of the Carolina Panthers and proud sponsor of the Queen City Podcast Network. For more training tips or to make an appointment, visit orthocarolina.com. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Welcome back to the Comedy Zone podcast. Uh, we just finished talking about Reggie, his his long journey home from right behind the house. The epic, <laughs> the epic journey. We all worried. Yeah. My wife thought he could be in Mexico. He was right <laughs> behind the house. So uh, the, the Achilles of cats. He, he <laughs> second kid in a row. He picks when we're having children to pull this shit. It is, mm. yeah, it's something. Love him to death. So, uh, <clears throat> anyways, uh, any, is any any notes anybody wanted to make sure we got to? Because sometimes we we talk, and I don't know if everybody has everything they wanted to bring up. No, you know, you uh, we had mentioned uh, Eddie. Mm, yes, yes. So I'm I'm, I'm curious. Let, let, let's let's touch base on that. I, normally, because comedy is such a subjective art form um experience the enjoyment of it is so subjective uh <clears throat> that i never get into these best of or you know all this um this is the the um the, the, oh, this is the best that or the top five that ever i just never really got into that stuff yeah but i was watching a, a clip of uh and actually no we have we had earthquake on the podcast i don't think we have brian Comedian Earthquake. Not. We've not oh, had Earthquake, yeah. right? We haven't had Earthquake, but Earthquake is one of my favorite uh, comedians coming up. And I was watching an interview with him, and he was talking about how he used to uh, hang around Eddie Murphy. And he was talking about, and Earthquake is a great, great comedian in his own right. And he, and when you don't limit it to stand up, I think that's what he was tr- kind of getting at. He said, Eddie Murphy is the greatest comedian that has ever lived. And he said, it, not when you remove the stage and, it, you know, because the greatest stand-up comedian, I don't know that the body of work is there. There's a lot of debate over that. But in terms of pure between 
all the mediums you can consume this stuff, movies, TV, uh, just funny in front of us. Eddie Murphy is the great. I, I think there's a strong argument that Eddie Murphy's the greatest that's ever done it. And I mean, just and he was kind of listing off his resume. And I was like, I found myself start to nod my head. Like, I mean, the guy saved SNL, <laughs> like this yeah. landmark institution. This brother saved it. Right, right, Brian. Like you, you keep up with it. I'm not overstating that. He saved it, by the way, as Absolutely. a 19-year-old. As a 19-year-old. You not said not as a 30-year-old who's already established and came in. He yes. saved it as a new guy. As a new guy. I, yeah. Eddie Murphy is one of a handful of people on this earth that, have, that could have pulled off Nutty Professor. Like, <clears throat> the way he played each of those roles. Like... It, it's just it's just stuff you haven't seen um, in terms of and let's not even talk about in terms of what he's done for black folks in, in movies. Uh, Boomerang, Harlem Nights. We're talking about a lot of times you had black folks that were in actors in movies, but everyone doing everything having to do with it was white. And black folks weren't given those opportunities, weren't given opportunities behind the camera, uh, weren't given opportunities to write, weren't given opportunities to be a part of production, all that stuff. Eddie said, listen, we're going to have black folks handling all these roles and did great movies. Boomerang, Harlem Nights, Vampire in Brooklyn. I mean, these were these were big time films. And some of the stuff that Eddie showcased, people give Bill Cosby a lot of credit for and rightfully so for for the image of the black family he portrayed in the in, in uh, the Cosby show. But if you look at the movie Boomerang, I mean, we're talking about young 30 year old him, Robin Givens, David Allen Greer, young 30 year old addict. I love I, you mentioned like Nutty Professor, some of these others that I don't that he, they're significant. I get that. But in terms of a movie that I enjoyed, what like Boomerang to me is, is definitely up there. I love that. Movie. And the thing I loved about Boomerang, it wasn't like, hey, look, we've got black folks in executive positions. It right. just was, and it wasn't a thing. It wasn't, it didn't feel intentional, even though I know it was. It was just like, yeah, it. like it makes perfect sense. They, it, You looked at it and you said, yeah, you didn't go, oh, look at the point they're making. And, right. and, and, that, and that's just a total credit to Eddie and how he treated that, that idea. Uh, so I just think he's been so important and th- and don't even talk about some of the dramatic stuff. I mean, he's done, he's just got a body of work that in terms of, and, and then when you, here's the other part I got to put into it. When you listen to Eddie tell a story, if you've ever watched him on any night tonight show, any of these things, he's got a memory, like a steel trap. Eddie Murphy never, literally never forgets anything. Um, he can do an impression of almost anyone. Like the way you just see him break into talking like Chris Rock or Dave Chappelle or somebody. And you're like, is it like, it just blows your mind. So I just think he's just pound for pound the different ways, whether it's the stage TV movie across the board. I just, I just don't know who's been funny in front of us for longer than Eddie Murphy. So going from, for all the things you talked about, it's hard for me not to, put in Beverly Hills Cop yes. as one of the best comedies of all time. Yes. I yes. know it's kind of an action movie, but that is that is a comedy as as much as as it is an action movie. Uh that to me that was uh that was a kind of a game changer movie. I I think it was a time when I was just kind of getting into our movies. I mm-hmm. you know what I mean like it wasn't a 
I think I went from like Goonies to Beverly Hills Cop. You know what I mean? Like that's right. where I was in my age group or whatever. And he was just the the coolest. It was he's literally like that anti-hero guy where he he's like kind of a, a you know, lackadaisical looking guy in a T-shirt. But he's like a really good cop and has like, you know, the A plus morals, even though he has his own style and he's like on a outside of the. Uh, how they really want cops to act or whatever. I mean, like, I feel yeah. like he's the archetype of that cop that every movie has repeated since then. You know what I mean? He oh. sort of shifted the archetype a little bit. Everyone wanted to be Eddie uh, playing that role. Uh, I gotta say that's it is not a it's not a bad guess for 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 what you're talking about. I mean. Let's think about as because we could talk all day about Eddie. I, I will say I, I I was very depressed that in hindsight anyway because I wasn't thinking about comedy in this way that he got away from stand up. So yeah. It's been fascinating. I can't wait to see what he's going to do. Oh, I, I can. I know this uh, kind of probably put in in a bit of a in a bit of a hold, but I would love to know just to get some context. Who are the other people that we're talking about and putting? putting a near him right who are the other people in the conversation that we can think of in terms of his universe of of comedian his his level of diversity and 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 the number of things that he is sort of connected to that makes him who he is like who else are we talking about he was the donkey in shrek like no no no. i mean like i'm gonna stop with him but it's just yeah like who's done all this stuff who else has done it? You know what I mean? Who who are the other people? Like, who are the other comedians? I mean, do we look at Will Ferrell? He's never done stand-up, but he's done one-man shows on on Broadway. Um, do we look at... My mind's kind of taking yeah, a that's, to think about it. Like, who, who are the crossover guys? Well, here it's, I'll tell you another thing. I bet you if we name four guys, two out of the four would say Eddie Murphy's their guy. Uh, <laughs> That's the other part is for most of these guys. Now, Richard, when you talk about stand up, stand up, why didn't you get into George Carlin and Richard Pryor? But when you talk about comedians, like stand up yeah. movies and stuff, like, you know, what's funny is that the stand up thing is, is the anomaly. Yeah. Like I, I look at Will yeah. and it's like, Will Ferrell's not, he's great, but he's not a stand up comic. Look at Jamie Foxx. Oh, Jamie Foxx is a, he doesn't have nearly the size or, or, he doesn't have the size of you know filmography or whatever you want to say, but he's a pretty talented. Dude. Oh my and god, I'm, yeah. I'm trying to think of other comics. I was going to say you could make an argument. There's about a six or seven year window where you could, where you could mention Jim Carrey, in the same. I don't. Well, I, I actually think Jim Carrey is in this conversation. That's a good one. I, I'm again. I'm kind of racking my brain. Jim Carrey's definitely in the conversation. I think. Yeah. Made some curious decisions. Over, but so is Eddie Murphy for that matter. But, but I think that I think when Jim Carrey tried to be like he desperately wanted to be a serious actor at one point, I think he and I think it derailed him a bit. I would say he was successful at that. Truman, oh, show, I would too. A lot of Man people won't, though. I think the Truman Show is one of my favorite movies. I think, I think the Truman Show is great, but then he got into a couple weird. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless movie. Mind is an incredibly beautiful yeah, yeah. movie. That's a great movie. Exotic. That's a great movie. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that that that's kind of what. By the way, that's the kind of the question I was trying to get to. Like, what what are some of the other people in the conversation to put us put this in context to say Eddie really is that much better? Because I, I I don't 
I don't want to just sign off. I want to yeah. kind of think about it. This is the first I'm hearing about this. So that's kind of fun, fun to do. It is, but it, but it is, it, I think that's one of those things for me where if it's like, if there's a hall of fame room, like Jim carries in the room. Um, yeah. I think, I, I think Eddie's holding court in the room. But I think I think I think that Jim Carrey's in the room, and I think that that is saying a lot because Eddie. The thing about Eddie too is like just some of the things he's done that were so like coming to America was groundbreaking. Oh, like groundbreaking. just just the concept, the 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 splendor, the opulence, African characters. It's just a lot, man. And 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 there was a while where Eddie Murphy was what in terms of fame top two or three on earth at points in the eighties. I mean, I, it is Michael Jackson as Prince. There's a couple other folks in there, but Eddie's in that circle. Well, you know, what's funny too, kind of going through some of the other movies that he's done. He's always done, even though Eddie is like, you know, I look again, I'll go back to Beverly Hills cop. That's sort of like, you know, he's creating the archetype of a, of a cop. Some of these are complicated characters. Like you brought up, uh, um, uh, what's the one where he's the King. You just said it a moment. Oh, ago. coming to America. Went to America. That's actually a really complicated character. Yeah, yeah. Of him not wanting to, you know, just be be the king and be he's the prince wants to be the king and you know he wants a life. He wants to learn what love is. He wants to experience. You know, that's like kind of an amazing story. Um, and ends up owning McDowell's. That's really great. Yeah, and uh, and it, and it and it shines a light on hey, there's different kinds of black people. Right, I think you got these uh, black folks that are this royalty. This one's a franchise owner. This one's a like. So there was that. There was all black cast, full of diversity. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I would. uh, I'd consider Steve Martin for that list as well. Oh, that's great. I think it's a. I think it's an absolutely valid, solid. uh, He's got to be in that. Martin Short actually. One. Yeah, never really did stand up though. He, yeah, you know, in fact, uh, he's talked about how he had did stand up for a little while and he just, he wasn't very good and didn't feel confident doing it. Um, but he did do it for a short time. So yeah. I do think he should be in there. I actually think it's as weird as it sounds, Tom Hanks, maybe his name yeah. crossed my mind. His name crossed my mind. You know, um, he had punchline and he did it for a short time, but not to the degree that Eddie did it or nearly the success uh, that he did it. Honestly, we could, if Chris Rocco continues in the direction that he's going in, he mm-hmm. can at least be in the conversation. Well, he was he's so, well, he, his it. SNL uh, run was, uh, uh, he's not happy with it. I'll say that. Uh, yeah, sure. and, and his way, movies have been kind of hit or miss for me. Um, sure. But, all, uh, but, but that, Eddie doesn't have, he, it, it, to me, it's not about every single movie being, the best it's it i think it's you know more about your the whole scope of it yeah. as opposed to narrowing in on what movies are good or not good uh again i, I so far no no one we've mentioned really except for jim carrey i think has the 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 scope that eddie has uh okay so i'm gonna throw a name out uh adam sandler that's great mm. i think it's valid yeah yeah. I think that's I think that's totally valid. Yeah. Uh, Sandler's again, his stand-up career was was early. I don't think right. he can even smell Eddie's uh, success at it no. or scale of success anyway. But you could uh, make an argument. There's a ten-year stretch, a twelve-year stretch where he was probably the most bankable star in Hollywood. Like he might you know, still if he be released a movie, way. it was going to be a hit. 
he might still be. He's cranking out yeah. Netflix movies now that are that are being that are really successful. He just yeah. did that that uh, jewelry heist movie or whatever. Yeah, oh, uncut gems. Like. Uncut gems. Yeah. Oh, that one I haven't seen yet. But there was a yeah. movie that he just did for Netflix that I actually like. Well, I think I think after listening to what Earthquake laid out and just kind of thinking about it for me, uh, Eddie's Michael Jordan and other guys are like Wilt Chamberlain and some have the scoring record and some have other. Yeah, I, right. right. I, like I, I think, but for me, I mean, just, I mean, just for what SNL is and to save that thing at 19, I, yeah. I, I just, that's something that just transcends. I, I can't even comprehend that totally, really, to be honest. Yeah, it's like when you think of when you think of the '80s and who were the biggest stars oh in the world in the '80s. I mean, uh. it's like Michael Jackson, Prince, and Eddie Murphy. You know what I mean? Uh, yes. There's, there's other names, but those guys were the biggest stars in the world uh. in the world at that time. Yeah, he was that. That those were the rock stars. Like I know Kevin Hart says it now, and I, I like that. But like Eddie was the first comedy rock star. Yeah. Yeah. Kevin Hart's I mean is is going to be in that conversation too if he if not already, you know. Yeah, the other the only thing with Kevin is that I don't it'll be interesting because Eddie has this thing where the other comics feel that way and I don't know t- the degree to which Kevin does. No, I don't think he does. I mean, yeah. it's, you know, it's hard not to have Chappelle in this conversation considering oh, a lot Lord. of what he's done. I mean, again, his his movies uh are lacking in comparison, but who knows what he's going to do. But the Chappelle show. Oh, God. The whole dynamic has changed. TV and that sort of show is kind of king right now. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a fun discussion to have, and I usually... I just Donald Glover, by the way, is somebody oh, else. That's who, another one. That's another who, killer. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, as a new person who's again, what what is he? Twenty nine. You know what I mean? Is he out like of his twenties yet? So he he's someone that I think we're we're all keeping keeping an eye on and seeing what he's going to do next. Yeah, for sure. And it's usually these discussions, uh, greatest this or greatest that, I don't really get into. But I think that this is a window into an interesting conversation about not just the stage, but the different forms of funny and and what a body of work and how we look at it. And so, I mean, it's it's a fun topic to kick around. And let me ask you this, Will. Uh, Do you look at do you hold a other comics opinions on this to a higher to a higher value than the average person i mean maybe this is a dumb question good ones yeah opinion on eddie because he does the same thing that's a higher that's of higher value to you hold on I'm, i missed the last part uh i would say because earthquake does the same thing as eddie murphy does that then uh, it, it weight his value of his his opinion no i don't i don't think it was that it was just Earthquake was, and I didn't know this, uh, close with Eddie Murphy. So it was like just some of the, just hearing about the way Eddie could just take things and and think about things and 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 impersonate just just the things he does off stage. And then when you start listing all the accomplishments, so really Earthquake was like Google or something where he just listed off a bunch of a bunch of the accomplishments and some of his rationale and then he had the access 
to to kind of see what this guy's like because all the great ones when they talk about Steph Curry as a shooter like the guy I was I somewhere saw him hit a hundred three pointers in a row in practice like there's these stories about those kind of people yeah, and sure. the Larry Bird stories the Magic Johnson stories I so just to kind of hear that Eddie story. Like, you know, the way this guy just, he just holds court and he remembers literally, and I've heard that on multiple things that Eddie Murphy doesn't, and I saw it on when he was with Seinfeld on uh, Comedians in Cars. Like, Eddie just yeah. had these details. And it's like, yeah. so not only, uh, so in terms of talent, like, you can impersonate anybody, good looking, super funny, kind of cool, uh, all this shit, uh, and, you know, it's like, you're you're all this other stuff and you're conscious and putting black people in certain positions and all like he's just i mean the guy's just amazing to me so um yeah i think i think it's um it's interesting stuff yeah if anyone out there wants to kind of toss in some some uh opinions on that uh you know online or whatever hit us up because i i'm i'm kind of fascinated by the conversation too uh thinking about someone's impact on everything it's not yeah. just stand up on everything but the cool part about it is too that like as soon as i mentioned eddie and what i was talking about it's like you guys knew immediately and started tossing out names that fit into that same because i think we all know what we're talking about and it, and it's not just who's the best stand up which is what you hear all the time it's a it's just an interesting discussion and what how much you weight certain things and it's almost as much a window into the into you and what you value as it is anything else so um yeah fun conversation Heck yeah, man. Yeah, because the minute you hear like Eddie Murphy's gonna be on Seinfeld's, you know, comedians and cars getting coffee, you're like, whoa. Holy yeah, shit. No. Eddie's doing that? It like, was in a it, it it was an event when he was on SNL in my house. When he came back yeah. to do SNL, it was I mean, my wife couldn't understand why I was so excited. Like, um, yep. I had a similar oh. experience, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I really did. I had a very similar experience where, where I was like, no, 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 don't you get what this is? Do you understand? <laughs> yeah. I hope he does this character. I hope he does that character. Oh. And like, and then just not much uh on anyone's face. It's like, no, what what? What do you understand? I hang out with younger people, but you know what I mean. I'm just saying <laughs> what I'm talking about. It's like, wait, how? How old am I? Jesus Christ. Well, I can't wait for coming to America 2, which I've heard is incredible. Oh, and Arsenio Hall. It's just so many, so many great. And Charlie Murphy. The guy's got a great, funny brother. <laughs> just come on. <laughs> so he's unbelievable. So um, anyway, uh, that's all I got f- uh, for this week. Um, I don't know about you guys. Yeah, this has been a lot of fun, man. I'm not, I'm not going to add anything to it with any value. So, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got anything, Brian? Right. That's it. No, but, um, I mean, now I just keep thinking about like, you know, okay, so going back, you know, now we're thinking of like, you know, the, the comics and comedic actors who who have since passed away. Like I was thinking Jerry Lewis, you know. Mm-hmm. I thought about Jerry Lewis. Um, yeah. you Carl know, Reiner uh, just passed away. I mean, he's, yeah, he's certainly someone who should be in that conversation. Just the. Just I just the watched Spaceballs the other day. By the way, you did, oh, you that did movie is so funny. I was watching Spaceballs. We oh, found yeah. shit. Yeah. Is one of the. Call yeah, the uh, desert. Yeah, um, <laughs> Mel Brooks. Yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, you know, one of the funniest lines in any yeah. movie ever, right there. 
<laughs> I just so laugh, good. think about it. Uh, <laughs> well, that's, we'll continue it. Uh, if any, we think of any more names over the week, you know, this is not a topic that has to die. Uh, we'll, and, and we need to throw some more women on this list now. Where, where the I, I Joan Janet, Rivers, man, Joan Rivers. I mean, that's there's there's a. I'm, yeah, you, you know what? Let's do that next week when we when we can give it the right kind of time. Yeah, yeah it's a great idea. Uh, that's all I got, y'all. Uh, and I think uh, y'all said that's all y'all got. So uh, that's all we got. And uh, we'll see y'all next week. The Comedy Zone Podcast is a production of Comedy Zone Worldwide and is recorded in a bunker just off the Comedy Zone showroom at the Abbott Exchange Music Factory in Charlotte, North Carolina. The executive producers of the Comedy Zone Podcast are Brian Heffern and Brian Bumpashevitz. Talent Wrangler is Mike Hall. Original music composed and performed by John McKeever.